This is Everyday Light, a perfectly imperfect reading of the One Year Daily Bible. I'm Molly, a fellow pilgrim on the road to the kingdom, and it is a joy to have you traveling this journey with me, with the Word of God as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Welcome. This is the One Year Bible Reading for October 8th, and we are in the book of Jeremiah at the beginning of chapter 10 this morning. Hear the word of the Lord, O Israel. This is what the Lord says. Do not let nations who try to read their future in the stars. Do not be afraid of their predictions, even though other nations are terrified by them. Their ways are futile and foolish. They cut down a tree and carve an idol. They decorate gold and silver, and then fasten it securely with hammer and nail that won't fall over. There stands their God, a scarecrow in a garden. It cannot speak, and it needs to be, cannot walk. Do not be afraid of such gods, for they can neither harm you nor do you any good. For there is no one like you. You are great, and your name is full of power. Who would not fear you, O king of nations? That title belongs to you alone. Among all wise people of the earth and in all kingdoms of the world, there is no one like you. The wisest of people who worship idols are stupid and foolish. are made of wood. They bring beaten sheets of silver from Tarshish and gold from Uphaz, and they give these materials to craftsmen who make their idols. Then they dress these gods in royal purple robes made by expert tailors. But the Lord is the only God, the living God. He is the everlasting King. The whole at his anger, the nations hide before his wrath. Those who worship other gods, your so-called did not make the heavens and earth, will vanish from the earth. But God made the earth by his power, and he perceives it by his wisdom. He has stretched out the heavens by his understanding. When he speaks, there is thunder in the heavens. He causes the clouds to rise over the earth, sends lightning with the rain, and releases the wind from its storehouses. Compared to him, all people are foolish and have no knowledge at all. They make idols, but the idols will disgrace them, for they are frauds. They have no life or power in them. Idols are worthless. They are lies. The time is coming when they will all be destroyed. But the God of Israel is no idol. He is the creator of everything that exists, including Israel, his possession. The Lord Almighty is his name. Pack and prepare to leave. The siege is about to begin, says the Lord. For suddenly I will fling you from this land and pour great troubles upon you. At last you will feel my anger. My wound is desperate and my grief is great. My sickness is incurable, but I must bear it. My home is gone, and there is no one left to help me rebuild it. My children have been taken away, and I will never see them again. The shepherds of my people have lost their senses. They no longer follow the Lord or ask what he wants of them. Therefore, they fail completely, and their flocks are scattered. Listen, hear the terrifying of armies as they roll down from the north. The towns of Judah will be destroyed and will become a haunt for jackals. I know, Lord, that a person's life is not his own. No one is able to plan his own. So, but please be gentle. 
Do not correct me in anger, for I would die. Pour out your wrath on the nations that refuse you, on nations that do not call upon your name, for they have utterly devoured your people, Israel, making the land a desolate wilderness. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, Remind the people of Judah and Jerusalem about the terms of their covenant with me. Say to them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Cursed is anyone who does not obey the terms of my covenant. For I said to your ancestors when I brought them out of slavery in Egypt, If you obey me and do whatever I command you, you will be my people, and I will be your God. I said this so I promised to your ancestors to give you a land flowing with milk and honey, the land you live in today. Then I replied, So be it, Lord. Then the Lord said, Broadcast this message in the streets of Jerusalem. Go from town to town throughout the land and say, Remember the covenant your ancestors do everything they promise. Certainly warned your ancestors when I brought them out of Egypt, repeating over and over again to this day, Obey me. But your ancestors did not pay attention. They would not even listen. Instead, they followed their own evil desires. And because they refused to obey, I brought upon them all the curses described in our covenant. Again, the Lord spoke to me and said, I have discovered a conspiracy against me among in Jerusalem. They have returned to the sins of their forefathers. They have refused to listen to me and are worshiping idols. Israel and Judah have broken the covenant I made with their ancestors. Therefore, the Lord I am going to bring calamity upon them, and they will not escape. Beg for mercy, I will not listen to their cries. Then the people of Judah and Jerusalem will pray to their idols and offer incense before them, but the idols will not save them when disaster strikes. Look now, people of Judah, you have as many gods as there are cities and towns. Your altars of shame, altars for burning incense to your god Baal, are on along every street in Jerusalem. Pray no more for these people, Jeremiah. Do not weep or pray for them, for I will not listen to them when they distress. What right do my beloved people have to come to my temple, where they have done so many immoral things? Can their sacrifices destruction? They actually rejoice in doing evil. I, the Lord, once called them a thriving olive tree, beautiful to see and full of good fruit. But now I have sent the fury of their enemies to burn them with fire, leaving them charred and broken. I, the Lord Almighty, who planted this olive tree, have ordered it destroyed. For the people of Israel and Judah have done evil, provoking my anger by offering incense to Baal. Then the Lord told me about the plots my enemies were making against me. I had been as unaware as a lamb on the way to its slaughter. I had no idea they were planning to kill me. Let's man in all his words, they say. Let's kill him so his name will be forgotten forever. O Lord Almighty, you are just, and you examine the deepest thoughts of hearts and minds. Let me vengeance against them, for I have committed my cause to you. The men of Anathoth wanted me dead. They said they would kill me if, they did not, if I did not stop speaking in the Lord's name. So this is what the Lord Almighty said. I will punish them. Their young men will die in battle and their little boys and girls will starve. Not one of these plotters from Anathoth will survive, for I will bring disaster upon them when their time of punishment comes. Colossians 3, starting in verse 18. 
Wives, you must submit to your husbands as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. And you husbands must love your wives and never treat them harshly. You children must always obey your parents for this is what pleases the Lord. Fathers, don't aggravate your children. If you do, they will become discouraged and quit trying. You slaves must obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. Obey them willingly because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Work hard and cheerfully at whatever you do, as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and the master you are serving is Christ. But if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong you have done. God has no favorites who can get away with evil. You slave owners must be just and remember that you also have a master in heaven. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Don't forget to pray for us too, that God will give us many opportunities to preach about his secret plan, that Christ is all you Gentiles. That is why I'm here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not Christians and make the most of the opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and effective so that you will have the right answer for everyone. Tychicus, a much-loved brother, will tell you how I am getting along. He is a faithful helper who serves the Lord with me. I have sent him on this special trip to let you know that we, how we are doing and to encourage you. I am also sending Onesimus, a faithful and much-loved brother, one of your own people. He and Tychicus will give you all the latest news. Aristarchus, who is in prison with me, sends you his greetings, and so does Mark, Barnabas's cousin. And as you were instructed before, make Mark welcome if he comes your way. Jesus, the one we call Justice, will also sends his greetings. These are the only Jewish Christians among my co-workers. They are working with me here for the kingdom of God, and what a comfort they have been. Epaphras from your city, a servant from Jesus Christ, sends you his greetings. He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect, fully confident of the whole will of God. I can assure you that he has agonized for you, also for the Christians in Laodicea and Heropolis. Dear Dr. Luke sends his greetings, and so does Demas. Please give my, my greetings to our Christian brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and those who meet in her house. After you have read this letter, pass it on to the church at Laodicea so they can read it too. And you should read the letter I wrote to them. And say to Archippus, be sure to carry out the work the Lord gave you. Here is my greeting in my own handwriting, Paul. Remember my chains. May the grace of God be with you. That is the end book of Colossians. Psalm 78, starting in verse 56. Yet though he, God, did all this for them, the Israelites, they continued to test his patience. And remember in the last two days we've been reading this psalm recounting the works of the Lord in the nation of Israel. They rebelled against the Most High and he ref and refused to follow his decrees. They turned back and were as faithless as their parents had been. They were as useless as a crooked bow. They made God angry by building altars to other gods. 
They made him jealous with their idols. When God heard them, he was very angry and he rejected Israel completely. Then he abandoned his dwelling at Shiloh, the tabernacle where he had lived among his people. He allowed the ark of his might to be captured. He surrendered his glory into enemy hands. He gave his people over to be butchered by the sword because he was so angry with his own people, his special possession. Their young men were killed by fire. Their young women died before singing their wedding songs. Their priests were slaughtered and their widows could not mourn their deaths. Then the Lord rose up as though waking from sleep. Like a mighty man aroused from a drunken stupor, he routed his enemies and sent them to eternal shame. But he rejected Joseph's descendants. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim. He chose instead the tribe of Judah. Mount Zion, which there he built his towering sanctuary as solid and enduring as the earth itself. He chose his servant David, calling him from the sheep pens. He took David from tending the ewes and lambs and shepherd of Jacob's descendants, God's own people, Israel. He cared for them with a true heart and led them with skillful hands. Proverbs 24, 28 and 29. Do not te testify spitefully against innocent neighbors. Don't lie about them. And don't say, now I can pay them back for all their meanness to me. I will get even. And to end today, I have a section from Paul David Tripp's New Morning Mercies. And I am just struck with our need for peace in the world right now. And, and that starts with peace in our hearts. So... He writes, you don't have to understand everything in your life because your Lord of wisdom and grace understands it all. It is a paradox that many of us don't handle well. We were created by God, all human beings, and we carry around with us a desire to know and understand, but we must not forget that we will never experience inner peace simply because all of our questions have been. Biblical faith is not irrational, but it takes us beyond our ability to reason. As believers in our identity as God's image bearers and the truthfulness of his word, we realize that it's important to study, to learn, to examine, to evaluate, and to know. But we are not rationalists. We do not trust our reason when we trust God. We do not reject what God says is true when it doesn't make sense to us. We know that God's secret will leave us with mysteries in our lives, mysteries that even with the best of our theology, we won't be able to solve. Biblical literacy does not dispel all confusion and mystery from your life, because while God reveals his will for you in the Bible, he does not reveal all the things he will do in your life for your good and his glory. God surprises you. So you ask, where is peace to be found? This question is answered clearly and powerfully in Isaiah 26. In perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is amazing rock. This passage tells us where peace is to be found. It is never found in trying to figure out the secret with God. It's not to be found in personal planning or attempts to control the circumstances and people in your life. Amen to that. It's found in trusting the person who controls all the things that you don't understand and who knows no mystery because he has planned it all. 
How do you experience this remarkable peace? The kind of peace fade away when disappointments come, when people are difficult, or when circumstances are hard. You experience it by keeping your mind stayed on the Lord. The more you meditate on his glory, his, his wisdom, his grace, his faithfulness, his righteousness, his peace, his zeal to redeem, and his commitment to his eternal promises to you, the more you can deal with mystery in your life. Why? Because you know the one behind the mystery is gloriously good, worthy not only of your trust, but also the worship of your heart. It really is true that peace in times of trouble is found not in figuring out your life, but in worship of the one who has everything 